This last week has been incredibly humbling in a way, but also um, I can't really describe how it feels to be able to talk to friends and know that they will hold you and have your back when things are hard. Welcome to today's podcast episode. It's a solo one and it is somewhat, I guess, of a life update and just a bit of a general catch up. I'm recording this episode Friday morning. You guys will have this in your ears on Monday. So it's pretty up to date. Just quickly, a word from today's sponsors. Unless, of course, you're one of our Venti members. In that case, there are no ads and your episode is about to keep playing. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I don't want to bang on about it too much, but right now I cannot stop smiling about the fact that my son has managed school camp. And I know, I know for so many people listening, that is nothing. It is not a big deal, not interesting, could not care less. But for me, it is huge. And for him, it is huge. Like this is a little boy who has such separation anxiety with me that he struggles to even go to his dad's house. He struggles to have sleepovers with anyone. He's managed it with my mum, but he's never had a sleepover at a friend's house. And I just like, I can't stop smiling that he has managed this. As I was packing his bag for school camp, I was texting with another, with a girlfriend and um, her son was going to camp as well. And I was saying to her, I'm packing all of this stuff thinking, I'll just be unpacking this in a few hours because I honestly thought that he would go spend the day, but then at bedtime, the wheels would come off and I would go and get him. So I had spoken to his teachers about that and I wanted him to know that that was fine because he gets really worried, not so much about letting anyone down, but he just worries about what's going to happen or what it will mean and all of those sorts of things. And he tends to be really hard on himself. So I don't like to put too much pressure on him, but but I wanted a bit of a plan. So I spoke to his teachers and I said, look, I think this is a very likely outcome based on everything I know of this child, this human. Um, so if that's the case, I will come and get him at bedtime. I'll bring him home and then I'll bring him back the next day for the daytime activities because even that is a big deal for him to be in an environment that he's super unfamiliar with, with people that he's not very familiar with and to rely more on his peers rather than me and I was going to say his twin brother, but he's actually done an incredible job at not relying on his twin brother because I've separated them. They are at different schools. But anyway, 
that was the plan. So I'm packing his bag and I'm like, yep, okay. I'm voting for him. I want him to know that if he wants to try something, I will back him 100%, but I'm also not going to make him feel bad if he gets to a point where he has reached his limit. And I said this on Instagram stories, it can be so hard as a parent sometimes to know how much to push a child. And, you know, on one hand, you can say to your child, it's so brave of you to stay at camp. But then on another hand, you could say to your child, it's actually really brave of you to tap out when you are done. Like when you are at your limit, it is a brave thing, especially when there's social pressure and all of that stuff. It's a brave thing to put your hand up and say, I'm at my limit. I can't do this. And I straddle that line sometimes. I think a lot of parents will be able to relate to that experience. And so anyway, he knew that if that's what happened, if he needed to come home, he could. And I think that made him feel even safer in trying because I said to him, there's no bad outcome, my love. Like you can go, if you can't manage the overnight, this is the plan. If you can, that's wonderful. Anyway, as I said, I'll try not to bang on about it too much, but he went, he managed, he did phone a few times, like maybe eight or nine, 10 times over the last three days, but he was calm. Like he kept it together. There were a couple of times where he rang and he said, I'm really, I'm finding this really hard mum because there are lots of systems. (laughs) He's like, there's lots of systems and I don't understand them. And I get that because I understand how his brain works. And so he was just ringing me when he was really overwhelmed, but he was able to go, no, I want to do this. And so he's done it. And so in a couple of hours, I'll be picking him up and giving him the biggest hug. And I know he's going to be absolutely exhausted, but I know he will be so proud of himself. So anyway, that's probably the most exciting kind of life update I have for you at the moment. I've had a lot of people reach out to me because Brendan has deactivated his social media account. And I think people are just so, um, what's the word? I don't know. Like it does baffle me sometimes and not in the way that I don't understand that people care, but just, I don't even know how to put words around it, but yeah, Brendan has deactivated his social media account, which is a decision that we spoke about because he's going through some hard stuff and it's like, you know what, just get back to bare basics, get back to looking after yourself, doing what you need to do, getting to your appointments, focusing on work, like just peel it back, get rid of the extraneous layers that you don't actually need right now. And that's not to say that he won't be back on social media. Like he could be back on social media tomorrow. Who knows? But just, um, just be mindful that just because someone goes quiet on someone's Instagram stories or they're not there, that doesn't always equal what you think it might equal, if that makes sense. And, um, yeah, I think everyone who has a life online also has a life offline. And whilst you can't always talk about every single thing, you, um, yeah, you you do have to just protect the people that you love and that you care about and do your best to support them. So that's that nothing salacious or exciting. Not that it would be exciting, but nothing, um, untoward there to report. It's been a really strange thing over the last, I don't know, 48 hours to have so many people message me and ask me, but I do also understand. Anyway, 
Today, I'm going to touch on some books that I have read recently and really, really loved because I haven't done a book episode in so long. And I know that so many of you are fellow readers. For me, it's just been really hard to find books that I've wanted to read. And even when I go into my local bookstore, um, the lady that works there who I just adore and, you know, I've been going into her bookstore since the boys were three years old. That was like our outing. I'd walk into town and we'd go into the bookstore. I go in there and she's like, no, still nothing great. (laughs) And so I've struggled to pick up a book and to feel really invested in it and to want to tear through it. I've missed that feeling. And I've also just not really had the attention all the time available, I guess, with reading because I'm trying to manage working and studying and mumming and supporting, you know, and all of those things. And so I just haven't made it a priority. Anyway, the good news is I have read cover to cover books recently and I wanted to share them with you. So I'm going to start with The Rachel Incident. It is by Caroline O'Donoghue, who I adore. She is on the Sentimental in the City podcast. Well, her podcast is Sentimental Garbage. And then she has the kind of mini series within that called Sentimental in the City, where her and Dolly Alderton go through all of the seasons of Sex in the City. I've spoken about it before. It's one of my most favorite podcast series ever. It's one that I go to... Um, when I just need a bit of background noise on that is light and funny and just enjoyable and you feel like you're catching up with friends. So Caroline O'Donoghue, she also wrote the book Promising Young Woman, which was turned into a movie with Carrie Mulligan in it. I haven't read that book. I've seen the movie and it's one of those movies that I just was like mouth agape staring at the screen the whole time a really thought-provoking movie and I do recommend it. It's not necessarily a feel-good movie, but it is thought-provoking and an important movie. So Caroline O'Donoghue, The Rachel Incident, I loved it. I think it's a really, really beautiful read. Um, It says on the back, when Rachel falls in love with her married professor, Dr. Byrne, her best friend James helps her to devise a plan to seduce him. But what begins as a harmless a harmless crush soon pushes their friendship to its limits. Over the course of a year, they will find their lives ever more entwined with the burns and be faced with impossible choices and a lie that can't be taken back. It's not your typical kind of rom-com book at all. There are a lot of really deep themes in this book from... Um, discussion, well, not necessarily discussions, but experiences with abortion, uh, affairs, friendship, like sexuality. There are a lot of layers in this book, but it's written in such an easily digestible way and the characters are so likable. And I think that's the key thing with books, right? You have to have an affection or an affinity or some sort of reverence for the characters that the author has has created. And I really enjoyed this. And it took me back to times in my 20s, particularly when I was a flight attendant and I was super close with another flight attendant, Justin, and him and I were just like thick as thieves. And this book, The Rachel Incident, She lives with her gay best friend and the love and bond that they have for each other really did take me back to a different time in my life as well. And yeah, 
everyone in this book is deeply, 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 deeply flawed, but aren't we all? So another book that I have recently read, and I have just finished it in its entirety, is The Villain Edit by Alicia Aitken Radburn. You may know that I have actually interviewed Alicia because I popped it up on my Instagram stories, and I will have that episode up for you very, very soon. She is so likable. And that's an interesting thing. Not that I expected her not to be likable. I actually did watch her season on The Bachelor. Sorry, I don't think I even said that. Alicia was on The Bachelor. Um, I watched her season and I really liked her. I always found her really entertaining and really funny. And during her first season, she was framed as part of this pack of mean girls. And I remember watching it and thinking, you can tell that there's like, I don't know, some, some sort of hyping going off happening, like off screen type of thing. Like, yeah, they're being not very nice and they're not saying nice things. But to me, when I watched it, there was no part of me that thought those girls were evil. Like I kind of just was like, oh yeah, that's an interesting edit type of thing. But anyway, I spoke with Alicia. She is just so bubbly, so lovely and very reflective. And I really enjoyed my conversation with her. So keep an eye out for when that episode is up. Her book is titled The Villain Edit. And so it's about her journey from being a former government staffer um, to actually applying for The Bachelor and then getting that villain edit. She then had to deal with the backlash of having that villain edit, you know, comments from trolls, people in groups online, like being really awful about her. And then she ended up going back on a TV show that's part of the Bachelor franchise called Bachelor uh, Bachelor in Paradise, Love in Paradise. I can't remember, but she did two seasons of that. And so we just spoke about how different her edits were. And we spoke about how people can be manipulated to look at someone a certain way with all different kinds of elements at play. And also how we all have this duality within ourselves. And I just really, really enjoyed this book. Alicia is so refreshingly honest. You can't help but want to know more about her story. And so it really is her story. It starts with her talking about the application process, where she was, why she did it, how it all unfolded right up until now. And she is married to someone that was a contestant on one of her series um, of Bachelor in Paradise. So it's a great read. The Villain Edit. Um, if you're looking for something that like you can just really escape into as well. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Now, speaking about escaping into a book, all I want to do is read this book right now. 
I haven't finished it yet, but I feel very comfortable in recommending it to you based off the fact that I was obsessed with her last book and I am halfway through this book and I think that this could be one of my most favorite novels I have ever read. For me, it is up there with Ghosts by Dolly Alderton um, and even Sunset by Jessie Cave. I really loved as well. I've spoken about those books in the past, but this book is called Something Bad is Going to Happen by Jessie Stevens. I interviewed Jessie ages ago. I don't want to say go back and listen to it because it was when I first started interviewing guests, I think. I'd probably done a few, but I certainly wasn't great at it. Uh, I'm still not great at it, but I'm trying to get better. But this novel by Jesse Stevens is so well written and so deeply relatable. I doubt that anyone could pick this book up and not feel seen or heard or understood, whether that's because you can relate deeply to the main characters or to the people that are trying to care about the main characters. It's just really insightful and I'm um, really enjoying it. So I'll read the back to you. It says, Adela is facing the dawn of a new year and the end of her 20s. She's in a psychiatric unit recovering from a mental breakdown. A decade earlier, her life held such promise. She had every option in her hand. How did it come to this? As we go back and walk through with Adela and look at her 20s, she searches for her grand purpose in love, career and travel. At her side during the tumultuous highs and lows is her best friend Jake, who is also facing his own challenges. They both know the future must have something better to offer, but why does it also always feel like in the bottom of their stomachs as though something bad is going to happen? Honestly, there are parts of this book that feel like maybe Jesse has read my journals. <laughs> you know, like it's that kind of book where you're like, oh, I know this is a fictional character, but there's so much truth to this character that it's just, um, yeah, it's very familiar. For me, it reminds me of my own mental health struggles, particularly in my early 20s, because Adela, the main character in this book, is in a psych psychiatric ward, like a mental part of the hospital. And I've been there. In my early 20s, I have been there. And I actually... Um, yeah, I, I won't go into it here now in this episode, actually. But yeah, just this book is so well written and really, really great. So definitely pick up a copy of Something Bad is Going to Happen or get on the wait list at your library if you're looking for something that is fictional, but also feels very much steeped in reality. Uh, anyway, speaking of steeped in reality, we've been watching a TV show that is so out of my usual wheelhouse of something I would watch and also something that I cannot stop watching. We have been looking for a, re like, I'm sorry, we've been looking, I was gonna say reality, but no, we've been looking for a TV show to watch and really, really get into for ages. I just haven't found anything that we both really, really like. So we've been watching old Sex and the City whilst and just like that, the new Sex in the City has been unfolding, kind of watching both of them in duality, which I actually think is a good way to do it. But we just haven't found a series that we're both gripped by. In the past, we've watched, 
Your Honor. We watched Shrinking. We both really liked that. And then we have just this week started watching Yellow Jackets and we can't stop. It is not like a hot take. It's been out for a long time, I'm sure, but we cannot stop. And so if you're not sure what it's about, if you are also late to the party like we are, Yellow Jackets is about a team of soccer players. And I can't even remember what year it is, but I think it's like the current day version is set in 2021. And so like 20 years before that, when they're teenagers, they're on their way to a soccer game, some sort of grand final, and their plane crashes and they survive most of them some of them don't but most of them do survive and then they're in the wilderness for 18 months and it's all about survival and there are parts of it where you just think oh my gosh the human spirit is incredible and I know it's it's fictional because it's like horror but also comedy in a dark way like a very dark sense of humor at times this is a show that really runs the gamut. I would say it's a psychological thriller in a way. It definitely has elements of horror. There's definitely times where you laugh out loud and you're on the edge of your seat. It's really got it all, I think, if you like those sorts of genres. But it's just gripping. Like it's just so gripping to me. And I think I was saying about the human spirit. So obviously it's not a true story, but you're watching these girls survive in the wilderness and the way that they create like events and things to enjoy out in the wilderness. I find myself watching it going, the human spirit is really incredible that even in a desperate situation, you just know inherently that you need to laugh and you need to love and you need to connect to survive. And so it flashes from them as teenage girls to the ones that survive as adults. And so you're getting to see glimpses into the psychological uh, damage that they live with, the trauma that they live with. There also is a bit of a supernatural element, which I was not expecting at all. And to be honest, I don't like fantasy stuff. I don't have that gene. Um, (laughs) But there's just a lot at play and so far we can't look away. I'm not even sure what episode we're up to, but it's one of those shows that we want to stay up late and binge and it's rare that that happens. So I thought that I would recommend that as well for you. So hopefully some of those recommendations are helpful if you're after a book. The last thing that I thought I would touch on is if you are someone who is caring for a loved one who is struggling. And this is to do with, yes, real life for me, but also that book, Something Bad is Going to Happen because they speak to that experience of loving someone through a hard time and loving someone when they're struggling. And I just wanted to say that if that's you, please make sure you're looking after yourself as well. Please make sure that you get support for yourself and don't be afraid to speak up and talk to people. This last week has been incredibly humbling in a way, but also um, I can't really describe how it feels to be able to talk to friends and know that they will hold you and have your back when things are hard. It is so important. And I tend to be someone who, yes, will 
you know, in the past has definitely, and I'm probably oversharing now, you know, I've turned to different mediums in terms of being able to process my thoughts and feelings and sharing stuff. But as I've gotten older and gone through more things, I have realized that the true meaning of like what we're all here for is to connect and it is to love and it is to be vulnerable. And this week I have been so vulnerable with women in my life in a way that I never have been before because I've always felt like I have to keep the, this veneer of having it all together. And it's just been really, really beautiful for me, I guess, to have this experience where I'm turning to the women in my life and I'm like, hey, I need support right now because I'm also supporting people in my life. And, you know, there's a, there's a big difference, I guess, between trauma dumping on someone, but also just being like, hey, this is the situation. Can you help me make sense of how I'm thinking and how I'm feeling? And to know that people care about you is so special. And I think you can sometimes only get to that when you're willing to be really vulnerable. So if you are caring for someone who is going through a hard time, don't feel like you're not allowed to have feelings and thoughts as well. You matter, you are valid, you have a right to speak to other people and get support as well. And just look after your own mental health as well, because it can be really, really tricky. Anyway, I do hope that you have taken something from today's solo episode. If you go and grab any of those books, let me know. If you like this kind of episode, also please let me know. Um, you can always slide into my DMs and I'm really, really grateful. And if, you look, and if you're watching Yellow Jackets as well, let me know. Basically, just feel free to jump in and have a chat with me, I guess, in the DMs is what I am saying. And I hope that you have a really, really great week ahead. Today's podcast episode was recorded on the land of the Bunjalung Nation. In the spirit of reconciliation, we acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respect to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.